turn void. And thank you, Father, that you're using your word to encourage us, inspire us, to impart to us, and to heal our bodies, to change our lives. And Father, so we grab hold and faith of the word of God this morning. And it's your word in which we stand, in which we have victory. And Lord, in which we are putting our, uh, we are leaning on your word, depending on your word, and uh, uh, putting uh all the pressure of life, rolling it over onto your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Last week, we talked about the grace of God. And our wisdom nugget, remember, was call on grace. And I just wanted to take a minute this morning and ask does, if, y'all, if y'all would share, uh, uh, did any of you have an opportunity last week to call on grace? You want to share that? I had a very busy week, had a lot of demands, a lot of meetings, and every day I called on the grace of God, and everything went smoothly. No, you know, no problems at all. I had a great week. Uh, how about you, Nell? Okay, go ahead. I was going to ask Nell, too. I'll just ask all of you. We'll go around the room. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. So not only getting the grace, but getting to share grace. And how about you, Kathleen? What was your... Oh, Wow. Amen. Amen. So um, last Sunday, well, um, well, we just got a reminder. I know this is not anything really new, but I think, you know, for me especially in preparing this, I was just so reminded to call on the grace. You know, I'm not always aware that God's given, that there's grace and that God's given me grace, but just got a great reminder last week to call on grace. I had uh, company all weekend. And even in before I had the class, I had this class starting, which is a new thing for me. And then I had um, uh, a new class at Bible College starting, which is a very challenging class for me on ministering healing. And uh, and when I'm doing in this Bible College, every class I've taught, I've had to develop the curriculum for. I mean, it's not. <laughs> Except for one, I think the first class I taught, Spirit, Soul, and Body, I had taught some of that before, so I had some notes. But other than that, I've had to develop the curriculum for, and then I had company on top of that. And so and so I had a lot of opportunity last weekend. And then little Andrew Scott, he passed a little virus around to the whole family. <laughs> um, and so uh, uh, I had so many opportunities last weekend to call on the grace of God, but the grace of God was faithful. And uh, hallelujah. And this morning I'll have another wisdom nugget for you, and that is don't oppose the grace. Because would it be possible for us to to call on the grace of God and be asking God for grace, but then turn right around and oppose ourselves? You know, the Bible talks about them that oppose themselves. <laughs> I don't want to be one of those that oppose myself. So over in James 1, uh, just a reminder concerning this wisdom nugget, and then we'll go on talking about grace. In James 1... Uh, verse 6, remember that it says, uh, and this can be applied to anything. I know in James 1 it's talking about wisdom, but it can be applied to grace or anything that we go before God and ask Him for. In verse 6, but let Him ask. Anytime we ask for anything, but let Him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. And for it, for let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And so as we are calling on the grace of God and asking Him for grace in situations, 
then we don't need to turn around and oppose ourselves by, and there's a lot of ways we could do that, by grumbling, by complaining, by talking about how hard it is, or, uh, you know, and so we just have to believe that we, when we ask, we received it, and somehow it's all working out. Now, let me remind you this morning of the three kinds of grace. First of all, last week we talked about saving grace. We went over to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, where it says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And so we know that there's a saving grace. And we talked about how that's given to every man and woman and, to, and boy and girl to be born again. Saving grace, a gift from God to be born again. And then we talked about a standing grace. And that was in Romans chapter 5, and we might just go back there again. Verse uh, 1 and 2, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. Grace wherein we stand and rejoice and in the hope of the glory of God. And so there is a grace for standing, a grace for standing in faith. And so anytime you have a faith challenge, whether you're believing in, for healing or whether, you know, sometimes I think we have, even in the believing for healing, we think, oh, I've just got to do this. I've got to believe for healing. I've got to, I've got to use my faith. I've got to, and we try to do things ourselves that, you know, if we'll just let the Lord, you know, he'll do it, uh, he'll do it through us. He'll, 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 he'll help us. He'll give us that grace. And then, the, and then uh, this morning, I wanted to talk a little bit about serving grace, which is the third kind of grace. And we'll find that over in Romans 12, 6, for one place. Serving grace. Romans 12, 6. Just, it, this is simply just the grace to serve God. 12, 6. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. And he goes on there and lists a bunch of other gifts. But he says, gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Grace, gifts differing according to grace. Uh, <clears throat> grace given to us then turn over to 1 Corinthians 15:10 so we realize that there's gifts put in us it's all according to grace uh in uh grace uh 1 Corinthians 15:10 but by the grace of God, Paul talking, I am what I am, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was in me. And so Paul had a revelation that the gift in him and the gift, the gift we have is a grace gift. It's not of us. It's not according to, we don't earn the, if someone's a healing evangelist or someone has a, it's not them. It's not because they studied hard. It's not because they, uh, it's because there's a, they have a grace. And Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. We are what we are by the grace of God, and His grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. And so there's a grace on all of us to serve God in some capacity and in some way. Pastor and I were talking yesterday about, because they're doing this outreach, and uh, 
I was talking, we were talking about calls and, and things, and, and he was talking about the need for follow-up and that, that the, these apartment complexes they go to, that literally someone could take that apartment complex and just work that apartment complex, and going back, ministering to the people, teaching the people, they could literally do it, and it, that be their life call for all their life, just one apartment complex. And, you know, and I believe, I truly believe that, that all of us have been assigned things and that there's literally people in town, that there's not one place in town that somebody hadn't been assigned to. But in our day and age, we don't, we don't, we just don't grasp a hold of that. If some, I think most people in churches believe that if they're not a call to be like a pastor or an evangelist or something full time, then they, and, and you know, there's probably some people that realize they're called to teach Sunday school. I'm sure there's a lot of those in town. But there's, there, there is so many Christians in Tuscaloosa County that if everybody did what they were called to do, their assignment, just think what all would get done in the kingdom of God. And that nobody would go lacking and that none of no, there's no part of town that wouldn't be ministered to where these people's because when they go in in that outreach you know they're just there a few minutes and sometimes the needs go far far beyond that as far as these people helping them as far as they don't know anything they don't they don't know how to receive they don't understand the things of God they've either been taught wrong or not taught at all and so um, <clears throat> what a ministry that would be and pa Pastor and I were talking about my mom she was raised she did not have good upbringing her daddy was an alcoholic and mean and uh, uh, he did work that was good he did bring home the bacon I guess so to speak her mother was overworked I mean they it was in a, such a poverty time they were so po such a poverty time and so her mother was overworked it was just like you know they raised all their own vegetables and I know a lot of people did that and uh, everything but and they but they were they didn't go to church and so you can it, everything's always harder when you're not using when you're not calling on the grace of God not going to church not involved in the things of God and so their life was really hard and my mom wouldn't have had any Christian upbringing whatsoever if but there was a neighbor lady a little lady my mother calls her name granny so-and-so although she wasn't her granny and this little granny you know took my mother and her brother and her sister, she said, three snot-nosed little kids, that's what my mom said, took these three snot-nosed little kids to church at the Baptist church every Sunday. That was just her ministry, is to take these snotty-nosed little kids to church. And I'm like, why, why don't people grasp hold of the grace of God that's on them to serve him? Because those same graces are on us. And I, we were talking about the reasons. And, uh, and some of the reasons that people don't do things like that anymore is I think we're afraid of commitment now. And I think also we think, well, and, and this is really true. This does happen. If I offer to come and bring them to church, then on Monday they're going to want me to take them to the grocery store. And, you know, and I just cannot give my whole life to these people. And so we don't. Sometimes we back off from giving what God has called us to give just because we can't give our whole life. But we need to find out that part that God has called us to give and that part where he's called us to serve. And then we serve him with the grace that, that God gives. The grace of God within us allows us to work and serve God. 
And each member of the body of Christ has been endowed with serving grace. And without this grace, we could not keep pace in this world. So, and you know, God, the thing that is so great about grace is, is that it is tangible. It's a tangible substance that God gives us, the grace of God, but it's also adaptable. It adapts to our circumstances. It, it adapts to our times. In some ways, I think about, we have it so much easier than our ancestors. You think about, don't y'all think about, well, you know, it is just, aren't you glad you aren't going to outdoor toilet or scrubbing clothes on a washboard or uh, bathing once a week in a wash tub on Saturday night? I'm so, I'm like, oh my word. So in some ways we go, oh, it was so much easier. They had to have a grace to live like that. Amen. But then on the other hand, I think, oh, it's so much harder for us. And in some ways it is. It's so much harder for us concerning some of the things we encounter. They did not encounter some of the, the busyness and the stress and the, uh, uh, they certainly didn't encounter as much evil, although, uh, and, and, and e even the evil they encountered, they did encounter some Indians and some stuff like that. I mean, I'm scalping is pretty serious stuff, you know. Um, burning you at the stake is pretty serious stuff, but concerning just uh, demonic things. They, they did not look and see the demonic things that we have to encounter every day. So the grace of God ad adapts to our time. It's adaptable to our time. It's always relevant to the time. Wherever grace is needed. It's also re relevant to our circumstances. Uh, you may need grace in an area, a, a double portion of grace that I don't need. I don't need a lot of grace for kids right now because I don't have any. But there's people, you know, there's grace for teenagers. There's grace for toddlers. There's grace for infants. When we're when we're in those seasons of life, certainly grace on people that <coughs> uh, deal with special needs children. And uh, so we can just call on the grace and it's just, it's there for us no matter what time of life we're in, our age, there's a grace for our age. There's a grace for, for, for anything, you know, <coughs> anything that we come up against, any injustice even, even things that aren't fair. Um, in life aren't fair in society and there's a lot of things that aren't fair in society always have been and always will be I know the early Christians encountered so much persecution but Paul talked over and over and over about the grace in fact if you go back and read all of Paul's books he talked about he always began his books with grace and peace be multiplied to you and mercy grace peace and mercy be multiplied to you through our Lord Jesus Christ so Paul had a big revelation of, how, of the grace, that the grace of God was on him, the gift in, in his gifting and what he was called to do, which was obviously uh, minister and uh, write the most of the New Testament. And, <clears throat> and so he was aware of that grace, but he had to be aware of the grace that was on him just to function. He, he went to prison, stayed there for many years and seemed to flourish in prison. And how does a man flourish in prison except by the grace of God? And then he talked in one place in Corinthians how he was uh, stoned, left for dead, in the sea, you know, thrown overboard. <laughs> and uh, it, 
and, and, and beaten with rods. And, and so how does a man endure those kind of persecutions? By the grace of God. That's just, this is just, and he had a revelation of that grace. And he not only had a revelation that it was available, but we know through his letters that he had a revelation to call on that grace because he kept calling on it on behalf of other people. When he would write them, he said, you know, he was always speaking grace on to other people and calling on the grace. I pray that God's grace might be multiplied unto you. And so... <clears throat> So, so we have to become more aware of the grace of God and live more in the grace of God in this day, in this hour that we live in because how are we going to function if we don't? With what's coming and with what's already come. And maintain a sound and well-balanced mind. Be totally free from fear. How are we going to stay free from fear? Amen? In the society that we live in, and like Nell's a daughter, function with the you know the challenges of children and the ch the time challenges. Because most every family now needs two incomes. The mom has to work; she doesn't stay home in most of the families in our society, and so um, she has to go out and work, and then she has to keep up with all the other things of home. So this grace, it's, it's amazing, it's a, and it's a free gift. It's free to us. It's one of the benefits. Uh, what does the Bible say in Psalms? He says he daily loads us with benefits. In, uh, in Psalm 103, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So we have this benefit. It's amazing, amazing benefit. It's tangible. It's specific for the season we're in, the challenge which we face for our age and for our race and for any... Um, anything that could come against us in the way of persecution concerning our faith or our race or any of those things, there's a grace that we can live in. And so um, I think we should be a lot less in con concerned about the injustices of life and because there's always injustices for everybody and some more so for some people than others, but there's injustice on every level and we just have to call on the grace of God. Because you're always going to have a boss that doesn't like you or persecute you. You're going to encounter people at school that don't treat you right. No matter who you are, you're going to, you know, little children, if, if you don't look like they think you ought to look, they're going to persecute. You know, if you aren't the right color, the right shape. <laughs> Well, I know they persecuted me when I was the new student at Seagraves Elementary School. That day, it was April Fool's Day, and all day long, they persecuted me because I had glasses on. Oh, yeah. I mean, not just, not mean, but just, just excessive teasing all day long. I was the new kid with the glasses, you know. And so, but there's always, there's a grace on us. Hallelujah. For, for, to, to, to face those things. And we need to t teach our children uh, to call on the grace of God. And it, when they encounter these challenges, these obstacles, when they encounter that teacher that doesn't like them, I tell you, it's very, um, I know as a parent, that's one of the hardest things when your child has a teacher that does not treat them well or does not like them. And so, um, you know, together with our child, and I'm not saying sometimes God might not lead us to do something else, but sometimes just calling on the grace of God would solve the problem. Just letting God handle it, you know. Let, you know, God knows how to take care of people, doesn't he? And, and move them out of the way. The Bible says in one place that God knows how to preserve the godly. He knows how to preserve them. Um, so we live in a, 
to live in grace is to live in a bubble of favor, blessing, and overcoming power. Not that we don't have challenges, not that we don't have obstacles, but truly, even when we do have a challenge and we're aware of the challenge, if we're calling upon the grace, then that 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 persecution, that trouble, will not have the same effect on us. In other words, there's a level of protection that we're in, and we may be aware that something is going on, but not totally absorbing the, the, the pressure of it, the crisis of it, the persecution of it, or even the fear of it, or the, uh, or the inconvenience of it, the stress of it, or the, uh, the, the, even the, tired, the tiringness of it. Okay? So, um, like a glove in a hand, God's grace totally functions with our lives. So sometimes, if, we're not, if we are not careful to be thankful and, and to call on this grace, we can be unaware that, that, that God's grace is functioning with us. God, grace, we talked about last week, is God's ability to get the job done, especially when we're talking about serving grace. We have His ability to get the job done. So next time you have a big job ahead of you, we're not, don't stress, but call on grace because he, His ability to get the job done is there for you. Um, when we are operating in His grace, we can do and accomplish things we could never do as mere human beings. Have you ever seen people, I mean, I think about it all the time. How do men live in a submarine below the, surf, below the water for six months at a time? There has to be a special grace for that. We know we need that. Uh, we need that protection in the United States of America. How does a man do it? How does, you know, Taylor West right now, he's in Iraq, 20 miles out of Baghdad. He works eight hours. He's guard. He's right now on guard duty for 45 days. He's in a guard station. He works for eight hours. He's off four. He never gets a full night's sleep because he's off four and he's right back in for eight more hours. And then he's off four and then he's right back in. And this is going to go on for 45 days. How's Taylor going to do that? Taylor's going to have to have the grace of God on him. All our soldiers have to have the grace of God, not only to be away from their families, you know, and uh, but to. So how do how do these things? God has a grace because uh, God has God has called us to preserve these freedoms and this democracy that we have, and to hold the enemy back. We have to hold the enemy back until the time of the rapture. We have to hold him back, and so then. Um, also, like uh, when we went to Russia in 1993, there was a family there in Ivanova, Russia, a missionary, and they were pastoring a church there, and they were from Louisiana, and they had three little kids, and she was pregnant. And I am like, I don't know how they do this. The, the, the Russia at that time, I'm not sure if it's this bad now, but at that time, you could not buy groceries really because they had just had that where they tried to reinstate communism and it had failed. And the, you just groceries were not readily available. There's, you, there was really no grocery store. You, or if there was, they would have four or five items and you go to another store and they might have a different four or five. So literally, just to get that night's supper, you could go to four or five stores just trying to gather up stuff. I mean, we went in these stores and saw it and and, and in order for a... Uh, American missionary to function they literally because it's just so difficult for a American woman to communicate in Russian and couldn't communicate in Russian and and uh, so they would literally hire somebody out of their church just to do the shopping for the pastor I mean just to get the pastor's food uh, and uh, go shopping for his family um, and you know, I, I thought about so many times, how, how, how do they do this with three little bitty kids? But you know, they were very, very happy. 
they were happy, excited Christians and blessed and thrilled to be in Russia and loved it. And it's like, okay, how are they doing this? And I realized then, I think that was the first time I realized how great and magnificent and awesome was the grace of God. Because I totally had no grace for it. And I was like counting days till we could get back to America. Because I just knew I, I, I wasn't graced. I wasn't fun. And yet, yet we had people with us. We were, there's 30 of us in our group that went to help start a church in Kovrov, Russia. And, and though I enjoyed doing it, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed doing it. I wouldn't take for the experience. It didn't take me long to realize I'm not graced for this. I'm not called. You know, Joe Morris has a little saying. He says, if you can't go, send Joe. I realized right then I couldn't go. I had to send Joe because cause, cause Debbie just didn't have a grace on her at all for anything out of this country. When people ask me, well, do you want to go to Cosmol and go on a, and I'm like, I do not want to live, leave the United States of America. I've been to Mexico. I've been to Russia. I've even been to Sweden uh, th uh, via Russia, via going to Russia. And it's like, there's nothing. I'm fascinated by it. Don't get me wrong. But that's not fun to me because because I, I saw real quick, I didn't have any call. I didn't have any grace. There were people in our group who obviously had a call. You know, that they were the people that were traveling with us that were like, oh, isn't this wonderful? And they, they were enjoying it far more than was normal. We were enjoying it at a whole different level than they were. And so... Um, uh, the, it was the grace of God on him. It was the call. It was the call of God back to the country and the grace. And so uh, don't ever get mad at somebody that doesn't serve the way you serve because they may not be graced. And on the other hand, if you have a grace for something, you need to make sure that you use that grace because if you've been gifted and you've been called, and you've been, and you have a grace, whether it's to pick up the little kids like my that like that granny did for my mom and her brothers and sisters, or if you know, called to outreach ministry, called to uh, uh, <clears throat> whatever, teach, called to minister to children. You know, that's a real grace. People that really can enjoy ministering to children, and that's a grace. That's a call. Amen. Even the nursery. Sometimes we like we like a. Well, I just don't understand why they don't go to the nursery. Well, sometimes it might be because there's not a grace. There's not a call there. There's no grace to do it. And, you know, I realized that a long time ago, that I don't have, I don't have a grace for little kids. I, I function with my grandkids, but I do better with them. When they get, as they get older, I get better and better. I get better and better as they get older because I'm not, even when I had my own children, the grace was... Uh, uh, it was there as a parent, but it wasn't, it wasn't to the degree that I see on some people where they just, you know, you know what I'm talking about. And so uh, <clears throat> don't get mad at people when they don't serve where you serve or I don't understand why you don't go on these mission trips or whatever. Well, I send Joe. I send Joe because, you know, really, here's the truth. It cost, uh, in back, this was back in 93. I believe it cost... Um, I'm not mistaken, it was $8,000 to send our whole family. See, my husband came in and he said, I'll take the other one off so y'all can stand it. <laughs> uh, uh, my husband came in and Sister Sue had been at our church and he said, well, I think we're supposed to go to Russia. And I said, you know, I said, well, okay, but I'm not going clear across the round the world and not take my kids. Because I, you know, I had this thought, what if the rapture comes or something? 
crazy happens. I'm not going to be halfway around the world for my children. Now, that may have been wrong thinking at the time. I probably wouldn't think like that now. But that's how I felt then. And so, because see, I have this big grace for my kids, you know, so I, I'm not completely void of it. Anyway, um, so... Um, <coughs> So, so I said, okay, but you're going to have to believe God for instead of $4,000, you're going to have to believe God for $8,000 to come in. And so our church believed God. They did everything to, to get us to Russia. And so, um, but I realized while we were over there, and I'm so glad we went, it was a once in a lifetime experience, something we've drawn on a bunch as ministers. And so every minister should go and experience the mission field. Changed my heart about the mission field. But one thing I realized that some people do a lot more for Jesus on $2,000 than I did. They accomplish more. So I would be wasting the church's money for the church to send me to Russia. It would be a waste of the church's money because I couldn't bear the fruit that you could get by giving it to somebody else and sending them to Russia. And so we need to recognize those things. Is where we're gifted, where are we graced? Because sometimes we can be spinning our wheels. And we can, uh, we can, and then the play, here's the thing is, it's like double sin. If you're in a place you're not supposed to be, that's sin, but you're also in a place you should, you're not in a place you should be, and that's a sin too. So you've got the double sin if you're in the wrong place. So we don't want to do that. We want to find our place, find where we're graced, because grace makes life flow. Grace makes the call of God flow. This morning as I was reading over in Timothy, for uh, just for my regular reading, I was, uh, uh, <clears throat> reading over in Timothy and um, verse Second Timothy, actually Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 9 who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling not according to our works but according to his own purpose and grace according he called us he saved us and called us he called you according to his own purpose and grace which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. So this grace, this serving grace that we're talking about, this grace that, that on our calling, it was given to us in Christ Jesus before God created an Adam and Eve and the world began. It was given us. That puts a whole nother perspective on aborting babies, doesn't it? Because it's not like God says, okay, that one's going to get aborted. I'll just take this big gift I put inside of them and I'll just take that and I'll just put it in one that I know their parents won't abort them. Uh-uh, that's not how it works because God made all these decisions and put gifts in people before the world began. And so the gift in you, it was decided you're not going to change God's mind. <laughs> Hallelujah. No matter how, and you know, you may feel challenged by what you know you're supposed to do, but that's okay because there's a grace that's going to help you do it. And I think sometimes we just don't rely on the grace of, no, grace of God enough. So whatever you need to do, God wants to grace you in such a way that you have his supernatural ability to do it. Amen. Praise God. So uh, we need to be careful in judging people that aren't doing what we think they should. Because either they don't have the grace or maybe they just aren't aware of the grace yet.
And remember the scripture we studied last week, Romans 5, 17, for if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. If you want to reign, in the Amplified it says reign as kings in life. If you want to reign as a king in life, you're going to have to do that by the grace of God. And it says that it's, that it's not to the people uh, that um, God just specially picks you and you're just like he just I'm just gonna make you queen no it's the people that receive abundance of grace it's not so much about what God can do it's what can you receive they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ so without grace we will burn out and another thing with if we're not calling on the grace if you ever find yourself getting resentful about something anywhere you're serving in the house if you get resentful at home because the mom and the socks in the floor and the dirty laundry and the you know the dishes in the sink and you're hey 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 but you got to back up and say no i've got the grace of god if you ever get oh tired of of uh, 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 child raising but there's grace to train our children with every child God gives you, He gives you a grace bundle with it, I believe. But you have to receive it. You have to receive it. You have to call on it. Amen? So anytime you see burnout, anytime you see resentment of any kind trying to crop up, uh, <clears throat> many women are simply not enjoying life. Uh, they're barely getting to work and getting home, and they, the grace, but there is a grace to work. There is grace for the workplace. And so if you have sought and there's simply no grace in what you're doing, then you need to be assuming and probably praying about the fact that maybe you're not where you're supposed to be, that you're in the wrong place, you've missed the plan. I mean, if you've sought God and you've believed Him for the grace, but you are not having grace to function where you're at. Now, if you're a mom and you say, I just don't have grace to be at mom, you know you're not telling the truth. Amen? Because you do have the grace. You may not be wanting the grace, and you may not be receiving the grace, but you've got the grace. But we're talking about some place that maybe you have taken a job, or you have, and 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 you have called on the grace, you've approached it with faith, and it's still not functioning. Then you can go back and ask the Lord. You need to go back and ask the Lord. Did I get off? Did I miss your plan? Because I tell you, there is nothing worse than doing something God didn't call you to do. It is so flat. Even if you survive it, even if you can do it, it's just like, it's like pancakes without syrup or it's just flat. It's just, you know, eggs without salt. It's flat. It has no joy. It has no taste. It, you know, you're just doing it. You go through the motions. Hallelujah. So we can, we need to examine those things. Oh, uh, we sh in John 16, 33. We're going to have to close here in about five minutes, but get ready for our service. But let me read one last scripture. John 16, 33. These things have I, I, these things I have spoken unto you, that in, ye, and that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. We need to be careful that we don't accept tribulation. Tribulation is going to try to come in the world. You will have tribulation, but we should not accept it because... Hallelujah. Tribulation there, that actual word actually means pressure. It means anguish, burden, trouble, persecution. We should not accept it because why? Because there's been a grace given to us. And, the, and this grace that's been given us is tangible and so powerful. 
Hallelujah. We cannot afford to lose touch with God. The re our relationship with God has to remain personal and alive all the time because all the time as we keep this alive relationship with God going, we, this, this funnel of grace is being poured in us to function in life. Amen? Hallelujah. So just to remember this week, the, the wisdom nugget was, did I tell you? I, told, I think I did. Don't, don't oppose the grace of God. Last week's was call on the grace. Don't forget this week to call on grace. Hallelujah. You know, it doesn't have to be a big uh, crisis in order for you to call on grace. It can be the little things. Amen. It can be in the little things God wants to He's willing to use his power. He's not got a limited amount of power. He doesn't have a rationing on his power and his grace. No, there's grace even for the little things in our life so that things can run smoother and things can run happier, more full of joy. We can serve him. He wants us to have time left over to serve him and time to, 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 to be in his word, time to, to have fellowship with one another. He wants us to have those things. And so he wants us to give, his, give us his grace for those things that he's called us to do, those things he hadn't called us to do that we're doing. He wants us to give us, he wants to give us his grace, not to keep doing them, but to get out of them. Amen. And so let's do, let's just be aware of that this week as we go. Now I want us to just spend a minute or two praying for our service this morning, okay? So let's just enter in and pray and lift up the service today. Oh, just go ahead and pray in the Spirit or however you pray. There's nobody in here but us. Hallelujah. Oh, we just praise you, oh God. We magnify you. All oh, glory to God. Be glorified today, oh Lord. Be glorified.